Welcome to the WrestleBall Podcast. We are your hosts. My name is JT. Joining me is my good friend, Marky B. Mark. The biggest, the baddest, the rematch. Holy smokes. Holy Sheeta. I don't know what happened last night. That hurt me watching that knockout. It was amazing. So first off, congrats to Francis Nagano for quite possibly one of the greatest storylines in all of MMA history. Mm -hmm. When you talk about where he came from, his upbringing, Mm -hmm. the fact that he lost to the former champ, uh, what, three years ago? Yep. Came back, and now he is holding that gold title. Um, I could not be happier, like, for any fighter. This is, it's so easy to root for a guy like Francis. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. He's he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast a few times. I know Joe Rogan's obviously a big fan of his. Obviously, a lot of it has to do with his story. And this kind of completes the story because we were talking about that last night, that his his story should be picked up by Hollywood. And, and then, fun, uh, fun, oddly enough, I said, well, the only the only way that's going to really go through is if he wins the championship. And we there was a lot of doubt, even though Vegas Odd said that Francis was the, uh, favorite, yeah. the favorite, but not a huge favorite. Because you can you can never count Stipe out. Stipe, Stipe has... Still, the, I would still say Stipe is the greatest heavyweight of yeah, all time. Yeah, of all time. Yeah, he beat yeah. DC twice. Um, cleared out the division. Cleared out the division. Um, he beat Francis already. Now, now for the fans uh, listening at home, what is Francis' story, first and foremost? Um, I, I'm, just, I'm probably going to butcher the story. I'm not doing it any... Uh, Justice. Justice, but basically he was in Cameroon and he tried to escape about seven times. He was caught all seven times. He was thrown in jail. He was beaten up pretty badly, um, but he kept he kept persevering. And I think by the time he actually got to, I think it was Spain, they mm. threw him in jail again. Yeah. Uh, a couple of months, and then he was living in a garage, a parking yeah. garage, yeah. You know, waiting for his first you know fight. Fight. Yeah, because uh, some guy saw him, I believe, just in one of those underground fights. And obviously his stature and his size could produce, a, you know, a great heavyweight fighter. And I mean, here we are now. Yeah, and we're talking about a guy who had to scrummage the garbage for food. Um, just the lowest of the lows. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely had to face a lot of adversity to get to where he is now. And now he's top of the world. He's on top of the world. And he's earning every, like, Dana White, give him the pay-per-view points, give him the bonuses, give him everything. He yeah. deserves it. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the actual performance because I thought it was a pretty one-sided fight. Yeah, I think I I think it was a one-sided. I mean, I think the whole narrative and the whole story changed when Francis uh, blocked the takedown and everyone's like, okay, he's up to his game. And that was kind of where it... I mean, it went to the second round. Francis has finished all of his wins in the first round. So this was a longer night than normal. But the mere fact... And what he said too in his, in, in his post-game... Sorry, his post-match was that him and Usman uh, uh, were training. And Usman basically kept yelling at him to calm down, to slow it down, take your time. Relax in there. Yeah, and you saw it, especially with that takedown defense, which is great against a Hall of Famer like Stipe. And I think that was so important because you saw that he didn't gas himself out. Yep. He, he, he definitely he looked, was vicious, but he was vicious in bursts. Yeah. He worked on his wrestling, that the, the one takedown that Miocic went for, yeah. and Francis just completely just put all his weight on, on him and then and then hit him with like five, six good shots on the ground yeah. that really rocked uh, Miocic in that first round. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, that was easily Francis's round. 
Yeah. And then he goes on to knock him out in the second. And a dirty knockout too. The, yes. His leg bends Oof. when he falls. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, man, like not only is it concussion, but maybe he tore his ACL, ACL on that ball. at the same time, yeah. So uh, it was a great match. Obviously, Francis never fails to deliver. Uh, people are going to be watching Francis. He's going to be the new it boy. Um, and, John, and Johnny Bones Jones uh, gave his blessing. You saw, you saw that tweet, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looks like John Jones is looking for a big paycheck because he said, show me the money. Uh, which, I mean, I mean, why wouldn't you see money for exactly. this fight? Why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. Like both of these guys are going to make millions off of this fight, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and John Jones being the big troll he is. Yes. I mean, now, I can't remember the last time John Jones has fought. It must be over you know, a year, maybe even two years now. Does it matter? Because on UFC's website, he's still pound for pound the best fighter. <laughs> Which is like absurd to me when Amanda Nunes exists. Oh, Amanda Nunes, yes. Yeah. So um, I didn't appreciate that looking at the uh, pound for pound, but John Jones is still highly regarded, obviously because he's one of the best MMA fighters of of that generation, of our generation. And, and just say. to digress a little bit here, but I think that's what the UFC is all about, though. They're they're more about the money fights than they are about rankings and stuff. That's mm-hmm. why we're seeing Usman versus Masvidal for a second Again, time. Yeah. When I I personally think. Kobe deserves a a, a yeah. shot at, uh, at at you know a rematch against Usman before Masvidal, but you know that's the money fight, so I don't blame them. I, I understand, um, but yeah, that's the same reason why you see guys like John Jones as the pound for pound, uh, you know, champ currently. But um, man, congratulations, Francis Nagano, in what was actually a really good pay per view. We had a lot of knockouts. Mm-hmm. Um, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Oh my goodness! Are we gonna talk about this guy? He's an artistic fighter. He's a hip. Oh, he's a. Before he's we go to Sugar Sean, fighter. though, let me ask you though: What do you think uh, is next for Miocic? He's thirty-eight years old, I believe. Yes, so he's getting up there in age. I think he's good. There's, I don't think you're gonna go back against Francis and surprise him. I'm not saying that you couldn't. But heavyweight is such an odd division that old guys can do well. It's true, um, yeah. But you also have monsters like Francis walking around there that, you know, I don't think is they're going to get slighted by you anymore because we saw the domination of just your fists on Stipe. I mean, Stipe's got to take it to the ground and now... Well, that initial knockdown was a jab too. Right. See, he wasn't even trying. Yeah. yeah. And that's something new I've seen from his arsenal that uh, uh, Francis doesn't really jab I don't think as much as as, as everyone else. Um, and the fact that his jabs are causing Stipe. And Stipe has a concrete chin, I would yeah. say. Now, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know if that jab was something he picked up from Usman because uh, we saw in Usman's last fight that jab completely, like, power jab. Like, that's the first time I've seen jabs so strong. Yeah. Well, he's got the... Ha- yeah, they're essentially hammer fists coming at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even so, at minimal speed is scary. So, so you think Miocic continues to fight? I think he should. I, th- I don't think he has anything else to prove. He has a he has a great legendary career. He, again, he's been Daniel Cormier twice. He's cleared out his division. He's already beat Francis. He has nothing left to prove. At thirty eight years of age, I, I don't I don't see why you can walk off into the sunset if that- Dana if Dana wants to set up another fight with where the money's involved. And he says, I mean, yeah, for sure. That's exactly what I'm thinking as well. Retirement. Why not? You've made your money. You're you're a pretty humble guy too, so you're not out there spending all of it. I'm sure you're no. making good decisions. And I, I believe he's still a firefighter full-time. So. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. So, I mean, he's got stuff to do. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, by all means, if he wants to continue to fight, he's still going to be Nobody's a top three heavyweight. Him. No one's yeah, going to stop him. He's still him, a top yeah. three this heavyweight. Guy is, this guy is 
probably one of the most technical fighters in the heavyweight division that we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, now, the other question, too, is he's a pretty small heavyweight. He could potentially drop down to, you know, light heavyweight, make some noise there. Yeah, him and versus uh, Jan Blachowicz. Oh, Blachowicz, yeah. Would be amaz- an amazing fight. I don't know if he could get to that weight, though. I think he already looks small at heavyweight. Um, so I don't know what else he yeah, could Yeah, how cut. much more muscle. Yeah, that's true. How much you're going to, ri- you know, and he's a big guy. So I think he has very dense bones, which is part of what made Stipe such a... Uh, wonderful uh, fighter at, at that weight class. Uh, he didn't need to have as much muscle, but unfortunately, you kind of saw what muscle does with Francis. Uh, his back muscles, I think when you punch, uh, his back muscles are unreal. And, and they say when you throw punches that are going to knock people out, it's because your back is extremely strong, along with your stance and your and your form. And, Dude, and, and his, his left pec is probably half my weight. This yeah. guy looks just massive, massive and everywhere. Scary, so. now, now Very he, excited to see what what, what what Francis does. With now let's runner. talk about Sugar Sean O'Malley. Sugar Sean. But before that, Tyrone Woodley, pretty sad showing. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about Tyrone uh, Just because he was a co-main event. Oh my goodness. Um, Really and happy completely for... Completely different game plan that we normally see from Tyrone Woodley, yeah, too. Yeah, and, and why was that? You told me why that was, and I didn't know. So, um, this was uh, Tyrone Woodley's last fight on his current contract. Um, everybody knows that Tyrone Woodley started his UFC career exactly like that. You know, very much taking risks, knocking people out. But when he became champion, you saw him start to have more decisions and have much slower pace fights. And I'm pretty sure Dana White didn't like that. I can't confirm that, obviously, but um, this is last fight is a contract, so he wanted to go out on a shield, and that's exactly what Dana White said in his uh, press conference, and he earned the fight of the night because of that, even though he uh, it was a pretty brutal knockout. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a submission. Now I don't know too much about uh, Vincent uh, Luque, yeah. um, but uh, that was a pretty crazy fight. It was a pretty crazy fight. Tyrone Woodley, uh, you know, clipped him. Yeah. Tyru, yeah, yeah. Smelt blood, chased after him, and then he got clipped himself, yeah. and he was on wobbly legs, grabbing the cage to keep his balance. It, honestly speaking, it was a very odd uh, uh, co-main event, because in terms of the rankings, too, I mean, Woodley is higher ranked than uh, Vincente, sorry if I mispronounced that, right? Uh, as, you know, being a seventh, a seventh pound for, uh, sorry, seventh uh, ranked Walter Waite, so I mean... For Woodley, I don't know. This is very bad, I, I would say. And and someone was talking about the bad luck of Walter Waits that have just fallen after, you know, holding on to the belt. Um, and, and Woodley's now following. He's the third one now. I think this um, is what? Four fight losing streak now? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Mind you, you got to look at the guys he lost to. Kamaru Usman. Yeah. Who's a mon- Yeah. Who's a Usman, uh, his training partner who he just beat. I forget his name. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But he's also a contender. Right. Right. Um, so he's listening to the best of the best, right? So, I mean, it, it's obviously nothing to be, uh, you know, ashamed of. But at the same time, last fight in your contract, I don't know if the UFC uh, renews him. I don't think they need to. Tyrone Lee sort of like yesterday's news. Um, well, you got to understand he's up there in age too. I think he he's is like up 37, there in age, yeah. So I, I don't think so. I think he, I also think he can get more money maybe outside of the organization. It's possible. Uh, it's Because he could headline. He's, he his name is big enough as being a welterweight champion. So, right. Um, it'll be interesting to see. But not his most impressive fight. And and just a weird co-main event. Because I would have put... Well, not No, nah, I wouldn't have put Sean O'Malley there. But uh, Sean O'Malley, wow. Oh, let's, let's just jump Sean into O'Malley. that. Okay. Now. So I'm Quite not a big fan artist. of Sean O'Malley. You know that. 
Yeah. But I can admit this guy's striking looks great. It's amazing, yeah. And he uh what a ironic end to the fight which shadowed uh, round one knockdown where he didn't go for the kill. And he was criticized for it by the Rogan team of yes. commentators. Yes. But um, you saw it in the uh, and third round. Well, do you agree with uh, the ref not, not stopping it at that point? Well, he was fine. Yeah, I personally agree with he it as well. He fought another two rounds, yeah. He, I agree with that as well. He Sugar Sean uh, was overconfident in that ability to... To, to get the walk off. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I'm don't. i not in Sugar Sean's head. Uh, Sugar Sean maybe was looking out for his best interests. Uh, the fight, his, his opponent, obviously, uh, uh, Thomas Almeida's best interests and in making sure that maybe he didn't knock him into next Tuesday. But uh, you got to be a killer when you're in that ring because you got to take advantage of, of, of your advantages. Otherwise, other guys will because this is UFC. It's cutthroat. That's right. And uh, Sugar Sean, you sound like you're a cutthroat guy because you're saying you're the best in the world. So uh, pretty... Bad first round in terms of just the decision, maybe making. ending. Yeah, yeah, the decision making. But you saw in the third round, ironically, now when he knocks him down, he stops and he looks at the ref, or he doesn't look at the ref. He just looks at the guy. The ref's not stopping anything, and he just goes in. And he goes in. Just murders him. Yes. And then everyone's like, "Oh boy!" And no one can say anything to that. He wasn't being overly aggressive. You yep. guys didn't stop the fight. Sugar Sean's gonna go in and and knock on. I like Sugar Sean. Uh, I like Sugar, I've been I've liked Sugar Sean for a little while now. I didn't know he was as cocky as he was because he's trying to promote his social internet life, <laughs> social which media. I'm not really big. I'm not a big guy onto yeah, that thing. That's right. Um, but uh, like I respect the man for the technique. He's he sort of reminds me of Stylebender in the in the way that they sort of have an artistic way to Great their comparison, fight. Yeah. Um. I, again, Sugar Sean's not ranked at all. No. Um. For 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 bantamweight. I mean, you still have uh, Adjaman well, Sterling. Yeah, you got to remember Thomas Almeida is not a ranked opponent. He's, he's not, on like a three or four losing streak. So I would like streak. to see him fight a name. How about a Jose uh, Jose Aldo? I would love to him. I would love to see him fight Jose Aldo. I think he could beat Jose Aldo. Um, I'd like to see him fight Frankie Edgar. Ooh. I'd like to see him fight Dominic Cruz. I'd like to see him. Uh, I mean, anyone on that list, I would love to see him fight. Yeah. Um, but he definitely needs to fight a name next. I think if Dana is silly, if he doesn't get him a fight with a name the problem with now the problem with sugar sean is he looks like he's pretty injury prone we thought we we thought we saw an injury in the first round oh, he stumbled on his ankle again in that first round and his legs look like it's his legs don't look very strong you notice he wraps both his ankles up too yeah and i think that's because of what happened yeah well i mean let's put it this fights. way this guy must be close to six feet maybe he's five eight five ten something like that yeah um he looks like he has small feet, though, which could be the... He's skinny. Uh, He's a small guy. Yeah. Uh, so you put him in against, like, for example, let's look at the, uh, the former champ, Peter Jan. Yeah. Peter Jan would Probably throw him even, around and ragdoll yeah. him and you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I understand what they're doing with the slow pace, giving him, you know, unranked opponents, kind of building him up because he does have that allure and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, now, I, I do just want to clarify my stance on Sean O'Malley because, you know, he does put out, you know, nice post interviews he's not very cocky in the post interviews gave a lot of credit to uh to thomas almeida but um he has denied the loss <laughs> yeah he <did laughs> his last loss he, he yeah. still thinks he's undefeated that really rubs me the wrong way and that's probably the main thing that i, I really dislike about him um it is just the fact that he just he's not a great loser mm -hmm. yeah well he, yeah he believes the injury was a freak injury <laughs> but it's the second time it's happened so i don't think it can be considered a freak he's definitely got sides to his per shades to his personality um i mean 
if you're going for money, it is the way to go. Masvidal, we're seeing, is taking that route. Um, Conor McGregor is obviously the king of that. So uh, it's the right route that you're taking if you want to make money in the UFC. And Dana obviously loves that as well. So, I mean, it could be part of his character. But, again, he's invited people into his life on his social media. He says, come see who I mm-hmm. is. Come see who what my life's about. It's like uh, a little too intrusive for my liking. And also focus on fighting, man. Yeah. Focus on fighting before, you know, you're not even top 10 yet. Yeah. That's focus the thing. And you're really cocky. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on that before you talk about social media yeah. and being an entertainer and all this stuff. And that said, he he was the right outside the co-main event. So he's there. He's, he's up there. He's a big so, prospect. Yeah. Uh, and again, striking looked amazing. You yeah. know what I really enjoyed about his striking too? Mm-hmm. You notice that uh, head feint he did where he mm-hmm. kept like turning his head real quick. And it was almost like he was fainting a spinning back kick, which he was throwing a lot too. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was just, I don't know, it was something new that we haven't really seen mm-hmm. in terms of feints. So he definitely brings an interesting style. Yeah. Um, but again, that KO, wow, what a KO. Um, how did you feel about the ref not stopping it after he fell down, by the way, Thomas? And the third or the first? The third. Uh, the third... Because um... some people were saying, you know, the ref should have stopped it. But I honestly felt Thomas fell back pretty slowly yeah i wouldn't have guessed that he was he couldn't yeah, defend give him a little bit of a chance so yeah. i'm not too upset with that and and i think uh the refing overall was good in this event it's pretty good right yeah. i agree i agree um uh, one fight i do want to uh, call out is the uh, walter weight fight between abu bakar norm nagedov which is habib's cousin yes against jared gooden who's a pretty beefy big walter weight these are humongous walter weights both these guys and Gooden um, was supposed to be the better striker. He was, yeah. Uh, um, Norm Nagetov actually lost his last fight. Uh, he got uh, knocked out, if I'm not mistaken, or technical, technically knocked out. You're right. Uh, so uh, I think he, he trained a lot, you know, anticipating that. His cardio was definitely there, you know, being from that family branch. But, uh, yeah, it was a deci- unanimous decision. Definitely held his own, but... And I was super impressed with his striking. Like It was good, yeah. When you talk about the Dagestanis, we know they can wrestle. We know they can grapple. Yeah. That's their bread and butter. Yeah. But, but he was out striking Gooden. And, yeah. And Gooden's no slouch as a striker. He is no slouch, yeah. So, uh, really great win. And yeah, impressive performance. Uh, I also want to just shout out real quick the uh, Miranda Maverick fight with Jillian Robertson. Uh, just because I, I've never seen grappling quite like that in that second round. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. like very entertaining grappling. Um, even though uh, Miranda Maverick had a pretty decisive win, yeah. I thought uh, Robertson, uh, very nice grappling. I, I think she could be very good in like submission tournaments or in, you know, grappling yeah. tournaments and things like that. Yeah, and we also saw an OSP submission, which is only uh, one of four guys. <laughs> the Von Flu choke. Yeah, so... Uh, Pretty cool to see that. Such a weird, but uh, at the same time, you got to realize that uh, uh, F- um, Fabio was taking this fight with, I think, six days notice. Well, I was a little surprised too, because I believe they said Fabio is a submission artist. Um, and yeah. to see him he get, got submitted like that. Yeah, yeah, submitted so quickly. What was that? A minute and 11 seconds. In, yeah. Wild. Pretty um, bad, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. But overall, a great event. Um, they had this one at the Apex Center. But the next one, UFC 261, I believe, is the next one, mm. uh, is going to be in a full stadium. Mm-hmm. 15,000 capacity. Yeah, it should be interesting. We're basically, America's getting back on track now. Yes. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see if crowds back. I'm already being shocked by the 
what we see in NBA stadiums and whatnot. With uh, it's getting filled up, so it's nice to see the fans back. Yes. Again, so yeah, it was a great, great, great uh, UFC event. Uh, UFC um, was it two sixty two or one sixty two? Sorry, two sixty one. 261 was, yeah, 262 is going to be another one. great yeah, one. Yeah, 262 will be a good one. Yeah. So I think a- they're going to plan to have one in actually one of the big stadiums in Vegas. So this next one they're having at 261 is a 15,000 capacity crowd, mm-hmm. which is not huge. I think uh, just for the Canadians listening out there or the Torontonians listening out there, I should say, uh, the ACC holds about 20,000 people. The Rogers Center holds about 50,000 people. So mm-hmm. um, let's wait and see what happens there. Yep. All right, let's move on to wrestling now. Uh, we'll quickly talk about wrestling before we get to the big news. Um, just some Hall of Fame induction. Kane will be inducted. Eric Bischoff will be inducted. And RV, RVD will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, which are pretty big names. That's a pretty big class, I would say, already. Well, the funny thing, too, is a lot of people thought RVD and Eric Bischoff were, like, black listed from the wd for a long time but as we know also in wd is there's no you're never truly ever no blacklisted if if money's involved well they brought bischoff back too right uh i think he had a bit of a a role last year or the year before where he came back as uh i don't know what he was i want to say like a gm type role but uh he'll soon be in AEW. yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'll go there uh andrade has been released. Yes. He could go to AEW. AEW New Japan um, would be a great spot for him. A lot of love for him leaving. A lot of tweets from different guys. Uh, I think Murphy and uh, yeah. Mr. Black. Or maybe just Murphy. Um, a lot of love with those guys. It looks like. In, and Taya Trinidad, who who is known as uh, Zelina Vega in WWE, uh, who worked with Andrade, yeah. also says some very kind things about him. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. I was never really really sold on andrade and i didn't really like what they did with him with the whole spanish inquisition inquisition he sucked, stuff. He sucked in the wwe let's let's and, call it and a what spade happened spade. and what happened to angel garza like completely gone who has some of the best charisma in the game right yeah. now yeah and he's not even used so another misuse uh so it'll be interesting where he goes i think the problem with the wwe is they're just so focused on size yeah if you're not a certain size you're never going to crack that top tier of you know wrestlers yeah which is unfortunate because, you know, Andrade had a lot of hype uh, when, before he came into, you know, NXT. Yeah. And then he came in and got fizzled out real quick. Yeah. Um, you're talking about, I think he was a, if I'm not mistaken, a U.S. title holder for yeah. New Japan. Oh. Um, so I can't remember exactly what title he held in New Japan, but he was a title holder in New Japan. He's part of the Los uh, Inglorable with... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, NATO. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he had a lot of hype going into this. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he got released. And I'm glad WWE actually released him. Cause and, and they waived the no competition. Yeah, clause. that was the worry, right? The, the worry was that they would just hold him on his contract and, and let him not sign with any other company. Yeah, they, uh, they waived. The, either they waived it or there was no ever, no, no competition clause. So, uh, yeah, he was fine. Um just adding on, there's some matches that were uh, that were announced for WrestleMania this week. Uh, Bad Bunny versus The Miz. That should be interesting. Bad Bunny's been showing up actually. He looked. That'll be a very interesting fight uh, for someone who's a who's a noob. Bad Bunny is reminding me a lot of your your guy, um, the Green Arrow. Yeah. Really um, taking yeah. this seriously, yeah. and it's crazy because Bad Bunny is, you know, obviously he's probably what a, you know, 
multi multi millionaire. Mm-hmm. He's, he's super wealthy. He doesn't need to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, he likes wrestling. He does. He does, and he'll be with Damian Priest. They got that Cuban Cuban connection, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what it is? I never really yeah, fully understood. Yeah, there. yeah, and nay. <laughs> I think they started with the Cuban connection, but now they're just really good friends. Damian Priest is a rock star, I guess you can say in that. How do you like sense. how they're billing Damian Priest right now? Um, it's okay. Him being with Bad Bunny, I think it's it's good for him. Yeah. Um, Bad Bunny is obviously a big name. He won the Grammy a few weeks ago. Uh, so I think this is a great move with Damian Priest. He won't be fighting, unfortunately, but he'll probably be probably doing some interference with John Morrison. We should be fine. I don't really know what Damian Priest's future holds. He looks like a more mid-card mid, mid kind of guy right now. Um, but yeah, this thing with Bad Bunny is cool for now. Yeah. Uh, I think Bad Bunny will probably be gone by by time WrestleMania is done. And then Damian Priest can continue on with whatever... Yeah. WWE has planned for him. I'm just impressed with Bad Bunny. Like yeah. you said, like he's really putting in the effort. He's putting the effort in. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Another match, uh, New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos. Uh, that's a very interesting match considering that New Day just beat Pain Hurt Business for the belts. And they're uh, they're slated to face each other at Mania. Is that correct? Who's that now? Sorry. Um, New Day and uh, yeah, AJ, AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, AJ and o- Omos challenge New Day. Um, so that should be interesting. I think AJ and Omos will win just because you might as well give AJ the belt because it never hurts to give AJ anything in that company because he's a, such a great performer, a great wrestler. Has he ever been the tag champ yet? Not in WWE, no. Wow, so this will be interesting. Yeah, so if he gets this, he'll be a Grand Slam champion, I believe. Oh, good for him. Yeah, so that'll be huge for someone who just, you know, still new in WWE, arguably, but... Well, I just got, I'm so impressed with his run. This is a guy yeah. that basically... I don't want to say blackballed by the WWE, but he never got his credit that he deserved while he was in TNA um, and all of that stuff in New Japan. And then finally they bring him in and he's a complete rock star, a superstar there. Yeah. And he's continued that for what, the last four years, five years. Yeah. He's one of the one of the best wrestlers right now, period. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon, which uh, it, that... I don't know what to expect with that. I, w- I would hope that they change that to like a hardcore or extreme match just to give it a little more flavor. Uh, or any one-on-one match with disqualification will hurt Shane McMahon, <laughs> I think. Uh, but uh, the buildup has been good. I it think. has. So let's talk about that uh, match that they had. Was it on SmackDown or Raw? Raw. Raw. Where basically Shane McMahon just beat the crap out of him. Yeah, did his flying elbow off the the top rope, and, and then, then just did poor goop. Was it? Was that slime? Yeah, basically gooped him, slimed yeah. him. Yeah, uh, kids' choice award slimed his ass. It's just embarrassing, Braun Strowman. And Braun Strowman's been so bad on the mic with this. Um, he just looks like a doofus. He looks like an ignoramus. I don't know if that's the maybe that's the way they want to go about this. Braun is just looking terrible right now, even on the mic. Shane is a. Uh, Obviously, very sharp, very good on the mic. Very, he's been he's been beautiful in this, and I'd like to see Shane McMahon win this match. I think he deserves a win. He deserves a W at WrestleMania. Braun Strowman doesn't need it. He's a monster, but Braun Strowman just hasn't shown up to this feud at all. We'll see in the coming weeks, but I I, I don't see it. Um, so I was a little confused, by the way. I, I thought the New Day faced AJ Styles at on on Raw. No, uh, which is not the case. We're just talking about the buildup. Okay, yeah. so um, yeah, I, I think it'll be a good match. Um, it really depends. I like they could. I don't know how they're gonna do it, right? Again, I think Shane should win. I think they need to change the match from a singles to something else. It's got to be some kind of weird, funny match. It's got to be like a hardcore, something, anything. I mean, uh, but a singles match is not gonna do it. Would you say Shane is perhaps one one of the best hardcore 
wrestlers yeah, out there? Yeah, I think so. I agree. Yeah. I, and I, obviously, he's not on the level of a mankind or something like that. But, but he mm. sh- completely shines in those hardcore matches. He sure does, yeah. Um, Cesaro will be facing Seth Rollins. A bit uh, of an odd one, eh? Yeah, well, there's this whole movement right now to push Cesaro, which is like six years too late. <laughs> um, again, doesn't have a gimmick. Which has always <laughs> been our grip with him. What's his gimmick though? What's his Mark? gimmick though? That's 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 the problem. What's his gimmick though? Um, he's gonna fight Seth. I think he needs to win this match. I think Seth should lose this match. If they really are, but if everyone's really about this push, it's not a great build up. It's it's terrible for Seth. I Seth doesn't have any storylines. He's on SmackDown. Roman Reigns is the champion. It the move never made any sense to me, yeah. and I don't know what Seth's supposed to do with this. So they give him Cesaro. I mean, it's terrible for both of them, if you ask me. If I was a WWE, I would have never broke up Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah. One of the best tag teams. Tag teams, I agree. I agree. But at the same time, Sheamus is doing really well with the Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley uh, storyline. It's just sad to say that Cesaro is not doing anything. So It is sad. It is what it is. I mean, Sheamus has had great feuds with Jeff Hardy. He's had great feuds, obviously, with... Uh, um, uh, uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, yeah. Um, and then now he's facing Bobby Lashley like almost every other uh, Monday night. So he's been doing really good stuff with him. With w- They've been doing really good stuff with him. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And that, that's all on night one. So on night two, um, we got a triple threat match announced, which is going to be Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Roman Reigns. Um, we've seen Edge turn heel at Fastlane, turning on Daniel Bryan. Well, not necessarily turning, but hitting him with a chair. Hit both of them, Hit, so it was yeah. kind of a weird heel turn. Yeah, so basically on SmackDown, uh, Edge is a heel, Roman Reigns is a heel, and Daniel Bryan's a good guy. Um, this is going to be super interesting. I like that they've shifted Edge to a stronger character. I felt he was so weak as a face, and they, and they really showed his weaknesses in the match, and it really pissed me off. That like they really like oh he's just oh he's always like his, he's just in pain all the time it looks like he's in, in the match. Well, that's um, a so. great point because we we think about Edge, his whole gimmick was the rated R superstar. Mm-hmm. When he came back, they made him sort of like an underdog veteran PG. kind of. They made him the PG superstar. Yeah, like a PG underdog veteran yeah, the guy. The rated PG Edge, which we didn't want. <laughs> um, so Daniel Bryan being inserted into this was a great move. Yeah, he's gonna be the baby face. Obviously, I think Edge will still win. Yeah, I think I, I'm just gonna I, win. I think that's. I mean, I think the only sure thing is Daniel Bryan won't win. That's the only sure thing to me. I mean, it could happen. How do you feel? Do you think Daniel Bryan even has a shot at this? I think Edge wins this one, and I think possibly if Edge is like sort of like I'm done for now, Daniel Bryan could beat him for it. So you think Daniel Bryan still has another title run? I think now? he has another title run. Okay, I think he's always in it just because. He's always his storylines are always interesting because of his character that he brings. Whether he's a babyface or when he's a babyface, he's just like sort of like a know-it-all. But when he's a bad guy, he's like a troll too. Yes. So like he's always had that sort of like balance properly. Like he's got a heelish, uh, yeah. a baby, uh, a heelish face side, and he has like a real heel heel side. Like, yes. So um, I think he's always in it. It's I, just a matter of when, right? So, I agree with you on the sense that he's a perennial contender just like aj styles for example you can always throw them in the mix um it's gonna be tough though to take the belt from roman reigns that's the other thing too right the thing is i think you built roman reigns up a lot i originally thought that roman reigns would face keith lee and you'd put keith lee over with a win because roman's been built up for so many months it's been a great run uh his heel run has been very important to WWE surviving uh covid um but i i think Everyone gets built up, especially guys like Roman Reigns that are like faces of companies. 
Uh, you build them up so you can put other people over. So you help the company overall. Um, I think that the time is now. There's no one else. I think the problem with Keith Lee, though, is it's obviously he had some unfortunate incidences. He's been off TV for a long time. Yes. It, it'll be tough to th- just throw him into a title fight. Agreed. I'm just saying, you build guys like Roman Reigns up so someone so, can beat so them. So take him over, yeah. So I think Edge would be the perfect fit because Edge is just returning from injury. And this was a two-year plan. Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's right? true. Very so true. I think this is the time. Um, Edge turning heel kind of tips the storyline, but Daniel Bryan being in the match kind of evens it out. So uh, good move. It'll be interesting. Again, I'd love to see this in a ladder match. I'd love to see this in a cage match. I'd like to see some kind of elements to it because it looks, honestly, right now, that WrestleMania looks like plain Jane. And I don't think we need plain Jane right now. Um, and, and moving on from that match. Uh, huge announcement. Rare Ripley made her Raw debut, and the first thing she did was challenge Asuka. Now, now, question for you. Is she ready for Asuka? I think she's ready. <laughs> Apparently, a year ago, Asuka tweeted that she would like to face Rare Ripley at WrestleMania. Yeah. And here we are a year later. Rare Ripley's now on Raw. I think it's Rare Ripley's time. Now, I think, and I don't want this to happen... That Charlotte might be inserted into this. I was just going to compliment the WWE too by not putting Charlotte into this match. But like you said, if they have her interfere or whatever it is, that would suck. That would absolutely suck. Yeah. So I don't want to see it happen. I think Rhea Ripley will beat Asuka. Again, you've built Asuka up. She's had a career year. She's arguably a wrestler of the year. Um, No one can touch her. She destroyed Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler um, by herself. So there's there's nothing really left for Asuka besides putting someone else over. Rare Ripley would be the one. Uh, she's also an oddball as well. Asuka could win this match. Well, Asuka to me is very much the AJ Styles of the women's division. Yeah. She's a she's perennial best, contender. She's the best women's wrestler. Yeah. You could throw Period. her anywhere. You could throw her in a tag team. You could throw her in a singles. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. And, and she's, she's game. Yeah. She's headlined. So... Uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I could see Rare Ripley winning. I could see also Oscar winning. This is a win for the fans for a title that, you know, really matters. Uh, not that the NXT doesn't matter, but this is obviously WrestleMania, women's title. That, I mean, it's all there. I don't want to see Charlotte in this match. No. Whatsoever. No. She's just going to... Not yet, at least. You got to let Rare Ripley have her time. Yeah. Because they already did this. It was Rare Ripley versus... Uh, Rare Ripley versus Charlotte, Charlotte. versus... Uh, I forget who now. Uh, for the NXT belt last year at WrestleMania. Oh my goodness, you're right. It was. Uh... Oh shoot. Was it Io Shirai? I think it was Io Shirai. It might have been Io Shirai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then uh, Charlotte beat, uh, pinned Io Shirai for uh, for the belt. I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. So uh, that should be interesting to see what happens. I don't want to see Charlotte in that match. Now let's talk about a character that uh, I'm pretty upset with. The Fiend obviously made his return. Mm-hmm how do you feel about this new fiend um i think they shifted i think the reason why you're disgruntled and probably a lot of people are disgruntled with the fiend is because it looks like alexa bliss is now in control of a monster which it looks like as opposed to how it started where the fiend was in control and alexa bliss was just a player now it's like alexa bliss is leading the charge which is a little weird to say the least and and they're going to be fighting and and they're yeah they are going to be fighting Randy Orton well, I just don't even like his new look. He looks yeah, like yeah. you know Freddy Krueger mixed with. Well, it was it's the whole thing is that Randy burned him and that's how he looks now. Oh, I understand why he looks like that. I just the other thing too is not that Alexa Bliss is a bad promo or anything. 
you're taking the mic away from probably one of the best promos in the game yeah. in, in Bray Wyatt. Like, this guy could legitimately be acting in horror films. That's how good I think his acting is and his promos are. Um, and, and to make him uh, basically, a, a, you know, a demon enforcer is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird to me. Yep. Um, I don't know what to expect from this match. I don't know who should win this match. I don't really understand where this story's <laughs> going. Um, so, I mean, great that Randy has something to do. Great that The Fiend has something to do. But I don't really know where you guys are headed with this. What happens after WrestleMania, I, I, I have no idea. It's one of those dead-end kind of storylines. did they even really end the Randy Orton Edge feud? I think they had one final match on Raw, and that was it. I know, and it's unfulfilling. Yeah, it is unfulfilling, right? It's unfulfilling, and it looked like they, it looked like they just wanted to move on from it. They just didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to do right by it. Um, but I mean, the thing about that storyline too was that Edge got injured, which was never supposed to happen, and he That's was out true. for another nine months. So That's true. it really lingered the storyline. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the Legends thing happened with Randy, and then Paul Paul White, which is also he's also known as a Big Show, ends up on AEW, and even he was saying that he was, was so upset distasteful. About it. Christian so, was upset about Christian it. Christian was upset about it as well, yeah. So, I mean, uh, all wrong again, I guess, with this. So, it is what it is. Um, not that it was announced this week, but Big E will fight Apollo Crews. That should be an interesting match. And uh, what match was announced this week, which I think is an underdog match, um, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. These guys have great chemistry. They're best friends. Um, and it should be interesting, Sami being the heel, Kevin Owens being the fighter. Um, here's what I'll say about this fight and we talked about this already fight's gonna be good no doubt yeah. but also how many times are we gonna get Kevin Owens you're gonna get this a million Zane? fights yeah you're gonna get this a million times yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're just like who do you wanna fight I wanna fight Sami Zayn okay let's do it and yeah. that's it that's yeah. sort of you guys are up to the build up yourselves and, and, and whatnot. but apparently Sami Zayn is gonna um, promote his uh, conspiracy movie next week on Smackdown I'm hoping I'm hoping that it's spicy enough to make it a little more interesting. So I'm not, I'm not sure. So what, you're not up to about? date with that stuff. Yeah. So basically Sami Zayn is saying that he's been censored. If you've been following his Twitter, yeah. he's been talking actually a lot about real political things. Okay. Um, so he's sort of going at it as not being an American, right. kind of, but like not directly saying that because it's, it's too, it's too, you don't want to be too controversial. You don't want to be too, not even that. You just don't want to get your foot that wet. Um, especially dealing with the Americans and their politics and all the all the stuff that's going on over there. Um, but uh, he's basically had a crew that's been videotaping him, following him around and videotaping him. And he's been, I guess, he's been showing the conspiracy against uh, um, against him by the WWE. Is this kayfabe or kayfabe? Okay. Um, so he said he's gonna he's gonna debut it next week. And uh, Logan Paul or Jake Paul, one of the Pauls, will be there as well, well uh, that's debuting just, it. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping it has a little bit of spice on it. Yeah. Uh, it's MMA Paul, whichever Paul that is. Uh, I think it's Logan. I, well, I think they both boxed. Well, the guys who fight KSI every like few They months. both fought KSI. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so moving on. Um, well, hold on, though. Before we move on to AEW, who do you think is going to win with the Big E uh, Paula Cruz match? Because I did see the promo for this I one. I think Big E. When Big E is basically saying, I gave you shots. Well, he said he's going he's gonna to go biblical on your ass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Uh, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'm more afraid of someone going biblical on my ass, considering I know what the uh, Catholic Church has done. But uh, Oh, no. no we got to edit this one out. Yeah, we're going to have to edit this one out. But uh, yeah, 
going biblical on somebody is kind of scary when I think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, that was sort of a very interesting thing. I think Big E wins this one. Uh, Paulo Cruz just started this gimmick now. He's I a great I think both agree, though, that this gimmick's pretty good. It's an amazing gimmick. Yeah. I thought it was the best gimmick uh, that he could go with, yeah. considering it's based off some truth. So Yeah, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Uh, um, so the WD is making some headways. Yes. That's um, good. Yeah, with, with only three weeks away. Yeah. Till the big ship, the two-day huge event. Oh, and just uh, just a reminder, Charlotte does have COVID, but three weeks away should give her enough time to recover. So And, and make the match a, thir- a, three, a triple threat match. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, now let's go into AEW a little bit. Uh, before we talk about the recent AEW stuff, can we just talk about this hardcore match? Yes. Holy cow. I don't think I've ever seen a women's hardcore match. At Holy least, and if there was, cow. not like this. Not so. like this. Yeah. This was pretty brutal. Thumbtacks. Was that, that that must have been Britt Baker's first hardcore match? Too. Probably. I, think I don't think so. she's ever done anything like that no. in the like amateur. And they're wearing all their like babies. regular ring attire, which exposes a lot of skin because they're girls. So I can only imagine how much like how crazy that must have been. Oh um, my god! Yeah. Now, gender aside, one of the best hardcore matches I've seen in recent time. Yeah. Um, you know, right up there with Omega and and uh, and Moxley, like it was that brutal. Yeah holy cow and Britt baker came out looking like a friggin stud yeah she, i think she took most of the like thumb thumbtack tag bumps and, and yeah, all that stuff yeah yeah so just, she was smiling at a point with the blood dripping and, and whatnot so yeah she really did, did a see great her job. promo too yeah her promo was good yeah. basically said uh it, you know it took mankind 20 years to be a hardcore legend she took did it in one, one match night, yeah loved it yeah. loved it's, it yeah she's she's great on the mic so i'm looking forward to it. i've always been a big fan of her of hers because I thought her heel, her heelish ways are pretty good. Yeah. Um. So this is added on. She didn't win the match, but she didn't need to. I feel like no. she won in other ways. Oh, yeah. So. If I had to choose the star of the match, it was definitely her. She took the thumb. Not only did she take the, was a power bomb into the, the thumbtack. She yeah. also did the, the roll over the roll pin. during the. Yeah. Oh. That's pretty. And I think that's me, even yeah. worse. Yeah. Rolling into thumbtacks got to be a lot worse. A lot worse. Yeah um but incredible and and thunder rosa give her credit too she took a spot on the ladders from the i think it was like the middle rope something like that yeah um just overall a crazy crazy match though so if you haven't had a chance to see this match and you're into that stuff it's not it's not for everybody no but if you're into that stuff definitely watch it definitely take a look and also i thought the blood on Britt baker was uh, at first i thought it was fake i honestly thought it was fake there's so much blood yeah um, but obviously once the thumbtacks came out, you knew like all of this was legit. Real, yeah. yeah. It was a good match. Great match. Five star match. Five star. Yeah. I agree. I think it was a five star match. Yeah. Uh, pretty big win, uh, this week. Uh, Ty Conti, who I'm a huge fan of as well. Part of the dark order. Um, former NXT, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, friend of Anna J defeats Nyla Rose, which is no small feat. No. Nope. So everyone's been really big on her. So that was a huge win for her. I still think there's a lot more for her uh, to round up her game. Um, I thought beating Nyla Rose this early was maybe a little too early, but... I thought it was... Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I like the match. I didn't really understand the ending, though, with um, Bad uh, Bad Bunny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, what's her name again? Vicky Guerrero? No, no, no. Uh, remember uh, they came out and... Um, what's their name? Butcher and Blade... A bunny? Yeah. Uh, Allie? Yeah, Allie. Allie. That's her name. Yeah. Uh, she came out and uh, with the candlesticks, and then she beat the crap out of them. Yeah. Like, I didn't really understand all of that. Yeah. 
I don't know. Probably a storyline that they're going to be working toward. I think her and Ty Conti will likely have that storyline. Yeah. Possibly Nyla Rose there as a third triple threat kind of thing. So, eh. I just think Conti beating Rose is huge for oh, the women. Absolutely because, huge. Uh, no one's really beaten her besides uh, Sheeta, who's a champion. Yeah. And Rio, who's a champion. And Sheeta came out to um to to save save uh take Ty Conti, but mm. uh, yeah, that was a weird a weird ending, but a great match, great yeah. match, and. Yeah, Ty Conti. How tall is she? She's not that tall, eh? I don't think so. She looks like she's five six, five seven, five eight, something like that, which so is pretty is tall. Is she from like the Lucha Leagues or? I have no idea. Yeah. She's somewhat new in the league, and she was with Anna J, but Anna J got injured, so she's sort of by herself right now. Right. Um. So she's just doing her thing and getting Ws. All right. So um, AEW. Not too much really has happened though. They're not then. gonna do much because WrestleMania's coming up, and they're yeah. not gonna they're not gonna feel to steal the thunder. Yeah. Uh, but they are still having you know great matches and. Have um, they started their uh, third show? Not yet. I think it's gonna start soon though. Okay. It'll be. Uh... Oh boy. I felt like I, I saw something that it's gonna be happening like soon. Oh really? Maybe like this week, but. Uh, and they, I, I, I have no idea what yeah. day it's going to be on, but that'll be interesting yeah, as well. Yeah, that'll be very interesting. But anyway. Uh, Darby Allen, uh, you know, obviously retained his title as well. Um, I didn't know that John Silver guy got injured, though. He got injured after the match. He'll be out for a few weeks. Oh, that sucks. Uh, I think a shoulder or something. Oh. He might be out for a little longer than that, but it was a good match. Um, and it was a main event match, so I was really happy. I like John Silver. He's one of my guys, so all good. Now, let us get in to what was um, probably the most Raptor-centric uh, trade, trade deadline, deadline of all ever. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How did you feel about this going into the trade deadline, first and foremost? Uh, well, I mean, the game before with uh, the Raptors and it looking like Carl's last game uh, caught the feels, I think, by all fans. Caught me off guard. I didn't even think about it being his last game until, like, the goodbyes were there, and it seemed like he was all but gone. It looked like there was already a deal in the pipes. But uh, oh man, he had a forty-five minute press conference. Yeah, he answered everybody's <laughs> questions, and and yeah, you know, afterwards done. he said he's never going to do that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's it. You guys got it. Uh, so uh, we are keeping Kyle Lowry. Um, that was the one move that everyone thought was going to happen that didn't happen. No. Now, do you feel the Raptors overvalued? Kyle Lowry, or do you feel that they got lowballed, or do you think it's somewhere in the middle? I think everyone lowballed us on Kyle Lowry. Um, I don't think we overvalued him because we can't overvalue Kyle Lowry's contributions. I agree. Um, so I think what I think what it is is uh, I think everyone else low val uh, uh, undervalued Kyle Lowry. We overvalued. I, we, in their perspective, overvalued. But we, as Torontonians, I don't think Absolutely so. Absolutely not. We were very happy to keep him. So, well, let's put it this way: Let's ask the Miami fans out there. What would you have traded, you know, Dwayne Wade for? Yeah. Right. Something. Yeah. Exactly. More. Definitely more than Maxi. Or sorry, uh, the uh, the the Miami trade was uh, Duncan Robinson and yeah, that was the centerpiece. Yeah, around Dun Duncan. I was like, I'd, I when I kept seeing those rumors, I just I didn't understand why Duncan Robinson is the centerpiece of any mm -hmm. trade for Kyle Lowry. I'm like, really, a uh, one season guy versus a like a NBA lifer, Chris Paul like yeah. light kind of guy and or? a champion, an NBA champion. Yeah, so I didn't like that. I'm like, Duncan Robinson's not the center of anything, but Miami Heat took this. I, in my estimation, took this trade deadline very weirdly. They did get Victor Oladipo. 
I think that but, was the thing. I think if Victor Oladipo was never in the mix, I'm sure that was their backup plan. Yeah. Then they may have offered Tyler Hero uh, for um, yeah for Kyle Lowry. But um, I think they already knew that if well, they were going to get him, they were going to get... And the other thing I didn't like is that apparently Tyler Hero is better than Prime Kobe, Prime LeBron, <laughs> and some other Prime players. I was like, is, Listen, that a, is that a good statement to be making? Tyler Hero looks like he's going to be a good player, but... Listen, he's a second-year player. We don't know what he's going to be. And he's not even first or second option. He's third option. Yes. I don't know how you guys are saying these things and then telling us that we're overvaluing Kyle Lowry when you're doing the same thing for Tyler Hero. I don't even care about Tyler Hero. I think like if you would have traded, us, traded him here to Toronto, I don't think he would have done great things. Well, anyway. ultimately, we wanted picks too. We and wanted you, picks. There yeah. was no picks and in no the picks, Miami nothing, offer. No. So... I agree with you. I think we got. Uh, I think we got lowballed. I think we got lowballed from um, from Philadelphia as well because the, they wanted. Uh, I think the one of the tipping points was they don't want to include Tybal, um, which is bullshit. Yeah. Instead, they wanted to give us Maxi uh, a six-two guard, like as if we need another you know six-foot yeah. guard. <laughs> Come yeah. on, guys. Yeah. I understand that he's a prospect, but you're not giving us the prospects we want. So yeah. So hopefully, what happens here is that Larry sees the disrespectful nature of the teams that he probably wanted to go to and hopefully stays with us i'd like to keep him forever here's the one thing i will say i do think lowry overvalued himself when he said well not when he said but when the reports came out that he wanted a you know a two-year 50 million dollar deal um not super unreasonable but at the same time i don't think a lot of teams are going to be offering that this offseason you won't want to on a 35 year old when you're trying to actually also help your own team in the future right save some space so yeah it's not a great thing it's not a good thing to say period yeah not publicly anyway yeah that's true that's true too so again we don't know where that came from it was a report kyle lowry never actually said anything he actually didn't even know you know all through that press conference he says he didn't know he didn't know what was going to happen he could be traded. He could have stayed. Uh, and he ended up staying. And ultimately, I was actually relieved. Uh, at first, I was we thinking... We were all relieved. Yeah, yeah, at first, I was thinking, you know, we got to get as much picks and all this and that. But at the end of the day, man, Kyle Lowry is a Raptors legend. Well, I'm glad that we get to have his last game a second time. Yes, that's I think, true. I think that was the telling. Again, I didn't realize um, that we that uh, that was his last game until, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't. I never thought about it. And then... You know, there we go. It happened. Yeah. And then I was like, shit. I got really sad. I was going to bust out my Kyle Lowry jersey the next day at work. I was going to wear it today, too. I should have worn it today. I actually forgot because we ended up keeping the man. Well, I, um, but, well, uh, I think the sad thing, too, was Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell are, are two most tenured Raptors. Yeah. And then now speaking of Norman Powell. Yes. Uh, Norman Powell got traded to the Portland Trailblazer. In return, we got Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Yes. Um, everyone's really big on Gary Trent Jr. Um, so what are, you, what are your feelings about this trade? It's sad to see Norman Powell go, but the reality is we weren't going to pay him in the offseason, and I like this trade because, we he, first of all, uh, Gary Trent Jr. is a restricted free agent next year. Yeah, we can match any So offer. we can match it, plus we, has, we have his bird rights, which yeah. means we can go over the, the cap. cap for it, yeah. Yeah. Which so we will. I think this is a great move. It means yeah. you can sign Lowry to a decent contract. Yeah. And then sign Gary Trent Jr. after. Uh, now, the one thing I'm worried about is we still do need to sign a center. Um, so if you sign uh, both those guys, you know, do we have room for a center? I'm not sure. So yeah. does that mean we let Lowry go? Hey, that's a possibility. A lot of people are talking about signing trades, this and that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, How do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I like Norm. We weren't going to pay him. Um, I do like Gary Trent Jr. I like the, the hype that people have for him. He does average three, um, three threes a game. 40%. Uh, him being so young, that number can go up a lot higher. So it'd be amazing to see if he can get dropped for a game on 45% or something like that. Um, we needed a three-point specialist, and we sort of have him now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And 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 no, uh, no, no, like harm to Norm Powell. He killed it his first game. Thirty-six minutes, fifty-four from the field, uh, sixty from the line, which is excusable. Uh, five threes, twenty-two points, two rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block, three turnovers, and even the Portland Trailblazers were saying that Norm saved them. Uh, quite a bit of, of hassle in that well, first well, game. Let's put it this Albeit way. Versus Orlando. As of right now, Norman Powell is the far better player. Mm-hmm. Right now, yeah. yeah. As of right now, he is the far better player. And the reality is, he's earned a big contract, and I expect him to get 20-plus next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, so I think he understood why the Raptors had to make this trade. Mm-hmm. The reality is he put in the work. He's earned this contract, and I expect him to get the bag next year. Yep. Yeah, I think so. And another news, we traded Terrence Davis to the Kings for a second-round pick. Yep. Um, this is, looks like we're just moving Davis. I think we we're done with him. At the time, because they traded both Matt Thomas and uh, Terrence Davis, both for second-round right. picks. You're right, yep. Matt I Thomas thought there was through. a Lowry trade in the works because they opened up a roster they spot. They opened up roster spots. It was a lot of news, and it looked like it came down to like the wire, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. But they made moves for him, and then, and uh, I mean, it just is what it is. So, But uh, that said, probably the most exciting trade deadline for the Raptors fans in, in, in a long, long time. I can't remember the last time I've been this excited for a trade deadline yep yep or at least interested maybe not so much excited yep so let's uh talk about probably one of the bigger moves which is the bulls acquiring vucevic aminu um and uh i guess that's it for uh otto porter wendell clark jr a 2021 first round pick and a 2023 first round pick at first glance i thought that the bulls fleeced orlando looking at it now they got two first-round picks from an Orlando, uh, from a Chicago team that may not make playoffs, but they are pushing for it. So those could be very valuable picks. Yeah, Chicago's in that weird state where they want to compete, but when you really look at their roster, Zach Levine, Vujovic, and then their third option is Markkanen. Yeah, like you're not going to compete with that. No, you need a lot more than that. Yeah, um, no. I know. Like they got Kobe White as well, six man. I I agree pretty decent six man but you're gonna need more than kobe white yeah i mean vujovic is an amazing player i didn't see him going to chicago which is another dead-end team in my opinion yeah um to me a competitor kind of slept here and didn't take him that's my argument um but uh yeah i mean vuj is always good but when you trade wendell clark jr who is also an emerging guy as well i mean you sort of trade trade for trade there obviously vuj is the more established player yeah um but uh he and he did well his first game no defensive stats unfortunately but uh but they lost that first game as well so not a great first showing but i mean didn't have any practice yet but it's chicago as well so Uh, so it's it's an unusual move for chicago because obviously they want to compete but i like i look at the roster i don't see it you're starting sadoransky at point guard like 
he's Sadoratsky shouldn't be on a contending starting lineup. You know no, what I mean? No. Uh, that's just how I feel about it. But uh, it is what it is. Vooch is a top ten, what top five fantasy player right now? Top. He's number two. Number two right now. So he's absolutely killing it this year. Yeah. Huge for the Bulls. But again, Zach Levine, which bit's not going to be enough. No. Um, I want to talk about the second biggest move, which would I would say arguably is the. Uh, uh, Miami Heat receiving Victor Oladipo for Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a dra- uh, draft swap. Um, so this was the secondary trade for the Lowry trade that didn't go through, um, which is, again, now Oladipo's been on three teams this year. Um, this is a move that Miami's trying to make uh, to, to to have a good run in the playoffs. The other person that was supposed to join them was LaMarcus Elridges, and we'll talk about him in a second. So um, how did you feel about the Oladipo trade before we, we get dive deeper with Miami Heat? I thought it, I thought they fleeced them. Houston gave yeah. Victor Oladipo up for nothing. Basically, yeah. It was a second-round pick, something like it was yeah. nothing. It was nothing. Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and draft swap, which is like for fantasy owners especially, Oladipo's going to get a deep run but he'll also help out the miami heat uh just giving them another i guess guard forward to help i've seen um i've 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 watched oladipo play sort of a selfish player i don't see him really propelling a team but again this is a kind of different miami heat team as opposed to other teams in the nba um they're obviously favored along with the nets and philadelphia and milwaukee as the teams that will likely make it out the thing about Diplo, too, is I feel like he's obviously not as good as he used to be after the injury, right? Yeah. Um, well, he's, he's, this is his resurgence season. Obviously, after the bubble, he did a few games. but uh, so, so I don't know how much he'll help the Heat. Uh, right now, the Heat are on a bit of a losing streak as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be a tough one. It's part of the reason LaMarcus Aldridge didn't go to the Miami Heat was because of this losing streak. Yeah, and it's uh, rumored that he'll be on the Brooklyn Nets is that rumored or I thought he already signed? Yeah, basically. It's it's done. It's a yeah, done. It's I don't a, think it's official yet. But, oh, it's not but, official, but it's a, basically a done deal. It's a done deal, basically. Yeah, he wants to go there. And then Drummond's going to go to the Lakers. Which I think is a great move for the Lakers, especially how depleted they are right now. And I think it's a great move for Drummond. I think Lakers reward big guys. Um, and he's going to grab you a bunch of rebounds. And I can only assume that second chance opportunities are great for a team like the Lakers, especially when LeBron and AD get back. So That's a great point because you look at the Lakers team last year and all of a sudden Dwight Howard became coveted. Yeah. Rajon Rondo became coveted. JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee became coveted. You're yeah. absolutely right. So it is a good move for uh, uh, Andre Drummond. Drummond. Yeah. Um, Although he still thinks he's getting a max contract, which I think he needs to rethink his value. <laughs> um, he's uh, gone are the days... Of you know uh, centers like him that grab twenty rebounds, but you know aren't really effective. Yeah. Um, we'll see though if he becomes a champion with the Lakers. Now, I mean, sky could be the limit. Now I quickly want to just talk about Denver because I feel that they've gotten better. They obviously acquired Aaron Gordon, uh, which I think is huge. They also got some um, Javale McGee, right? Yes. So they bolstered up that uh, that that rim protection that that that's sorely needed because as good as Jokic is, and I think he's the MVP, he's not a great rim protector. No. Yeah, that'll definitely solidify them. Um, Aaron Gordon brings scoring uh, to Denver. Unfortunately, it looks like they weren't big on Michael Porter Jr. uh, just this season yet. So Aaron Gordon will definitely butt into his minutes. 
Um, could be a great move. Obviously, playing with Jokic and Jamal Murray, so it doesn't hurt. He'll have to understand culture, uh, winning culture, coming from Orlando where it didn't really exist, and he ended up asking for a trade. So possibly he is a competitive guy. It might be no problem, but uh, I'm not sure really what to expect with this move. I think there's going to be a little bit of jelling time. Yeah. I've seen Aaron Gordon at his greatest. He's good, but I've also seen him... Uh, at his worst and he's also he gets injured pretty easily that's true so now what i will say is i think he'll at least fill a little bit of the hole that uh, jeremy grant left when uh, you know when he went to detroit you're right um so that'll be nice to see um and they you know really they gave up gary harris <laughs> they gave up nothing even their traffic was a protected pick so it doesn't really matter yeah so i, I thought this was a really good move for denver yeah gary uh, bear was not playing to his potential but while well the thrill was so yeah so uh, you know, that basically is, it's Boston Celtics obviously acquired Evan Forney. Not that big of a deal. No, just um, another wing guy. Yeah, just another wing guy. I, I don't know if that's really what they needed, but... Boston is another team that seems like they are they don't know what they want to do, but they know what they have to do kind of thing. They're uh, in a funk so right now. Let's, let's... They're, they're not doing... They're the eighth seed right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they got some work to do because they also traded away um, Daniel Tice. He's no longer with Boston. Oh anymore. yeah, that's right. That's crazy. So uh, not a great move, I'm gonna say. Um, um, Rajon Rondo's on the Clippers now. Rajon Rondo's on the oh, Clippers, and Lou Williams is back home in Atlanta now. Yeah, he said he did contemplate retirement. Yeah, well, he did say. Yeah, he said earlier in the season. Yeah, LA was his last spot. So yeah. you never know what could happen. Um, and one uh, one move that I think is a really great move, small move, but really great move. And I know it's your team. Dallas Mavericks pick up the J.J. Redick. Yeah, J.J.'s been struggling this season, but I think he'll have some new life in uh, yeah. Dallas where they'll utilize his skills. And the entire year, I've been saying, man, they need some shooters, and now they got one, they got one another, of the yeah. best. They got another shooter. You got you already got uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. killing yes. it right now. Um, is he doing well now? He is doing very well. He did, He's doing very well this season. Wow. One um, of the most inconsistent players last year. Yeah. It's good to see. He's doing really well this year. And yeah, you've added another three-point shooter, so you're only making yourself even more deadly with Luka Doncic, who can just about find anyone on that court on any time of day. So, how's yeah. he doing in fantasy right now, by the way? Luka, Luka's good. Uh, I think he's slightly injured right now, uh, but the important thing is Dallas is winning games in their seventh place. So usually, when Dallas is winning, Luka's doing what he needs to do. Uh, I think Luka's ranked outside of the top 25. Yeah, um, he's not a top 12 player at the moment. He's not even a top 15 player at the moment, but um, his team is winning, and you know what Luca can do with Luca Magic, uh, down the stretch. So that's true. And the yeah. crazy thing is, he's still so young. Can you imagine Luca? Like I know at age twenty-seven, yeah, thirty. Like oh my god, at thirty, I like. I, can you imagine? He's in his prime now, yeah. And you still have another eight years of his prime, which yeah. is insane. So it's you don't really know what he's able. You don't really know what he's gonna accomplish. Obviously, championship is the ultimate goal, but even statistically, he's doing some crazy things. So how's KP doing? In, in Dallas. KP is doing uh, not too bad. He's doing exactly what he should be doing. 20, uh, about eight rebounds. He's getting, you, he's getting you like a block and a half a game, maybe a little more than that. Um, shooting really well too. So he's even... And the thing um, that's even more interesting is that KP's taking three-point shots from a little further than the three-point arc and he's hitting them. So I think he's starting to extend his range being a seven-foot-two center who can shoot the ball. So he's starting to grasp... Again, he's starting to pick up what he can do, and, and you see it. Dallas is seventh place right now. Uh, so. That's awesome to hear because yeah. obviously when he was in New York, you know, people are talk, talking about him like he's the unicorn. Yeah. Um, so. All that went away with Dallas. You yeah. Don't even, you don't even hear mentions about him in Dallas. So. No. 
And um, I think that's exactly what he needed. He wanted, yeah. Yeah, get the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. And then go back to doing what you were doing. So yeah. uh crazy uh trade deadline. Um, you know, crazy UFC last night's uh WWE's back in business, baby. So uh, lots of stuff we talked about. Um, probably missed a lot of stuff as well, but uh, that basically is it for this week's podcast. So, as always, my friend, Mark, last words. You are listening to the Wrestle Ball Podcast. Get your shit together.